Welcome back to the Champion Forum podcast. This episode is brought to you by my friends at Good Steward Accounting. Are you an entrepreneur that's looking to grow your business but often find yourself in the weeds, managing your finances, looking for ways to maximize profit? Maybe you're a small to medium-sized company that doesn't have the budget quite yet for an internal CFO. If that sounds like you and your current position, I want to introduce you to Good Steward Accounting. Good Steward Accounting is a full-service accounting firm dedicated to creating customized solutions for that small to medium-sized company. They have a proven track record in helping businesses with budgeting, raising capital, cash flow management, as well as short-term and long-term financial strategy. To take advantage of a free one-hour financial consultation of your business, I want to encourage you to email info at goodstewardaccounting.com. That's info at goodstewardaccounting.com. I-N-F-O at G-O-O-D-S-T-E-W-A-R-D accounting.com. Tell them that Jeff Hancher sent you. You will not regret it. Good Steward Accounting is the preferred accountant, the accountant that I use for the Champion Forum. Tell them that Jeff sent you and they come highly recommended. This is the Champion Forum podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. Welcome back to the Champion Forum podcast, where it is my mission to help everyone lead, inspire, and win. I appreciate you all investing time to listen, giving me the opportunity to be a part of your personal journey to leadership excellence. I consider this a great privilege, and I really appreciate you all jumping on and, uh, and letting me be a part of your leadership growth. I'm really excited to deliver today's topic because it is a discussion that I have quite often with leaders and I recently had a group discussion with some emerging leaders, and they began discussing their frustration in dealing with people that are underperforming. And so we had gotten on the topic of underperformance, and they began telling me stories of some of the underperformers on their team. And if you've been in leadership any time, sometimes when you get around other leaders, even within your own organization, sometimes what you find is uh, you find yourself kind of talking about the people on your team and can you believe they did this and can you believe they did that? And, you know, th- these stories as these leaders were talking to me whenever we were in this group setting, man, the, the, the light bulbs just started going off with me. But I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm listening intently and, you know, many of them had determined, uh, the leaders had determined that the root causes were things like lack of passion, lack of attention to detail, laziness, on and on and on. All things that would be traits of somebody that uh, just wasn't giving effort or uh, the, the won't do in this case. And so as they were telling me, uh, going through these stories of these underperformers and what they were doing, I simply asked the group the question, how did you come about validating your assumptions? Now, keep in mind, they're telling me, like, they, don't, they lack attention to detail, they're lazy, they don't have passion. So a very simple, open-ended question from me, how did you come about validating your assumptions? This brought up some fantastic dialogue. You could literally see the light bulbs going off above their heads. And this, way, this is when I began explaining to the group the difference between a can't-do 
and a won't do. Man, there is a big difference between can't do's and won't do's. And it wasn't even a couple days beyond that meeting. I came across an article that had the same theme, and I saw it as a sign, as a topic that was meant to be on the show today. And I think it's such a great topic to discuss uh, amongst leaders. You know, anytime you lead people, you will at some point experience some level of underperformance. Uh, some level of performance issues with your team. That's kind of the whole point of leadership is to navigate through that. You know, people aren't robots. You know, a robot, if there's a defective part, if it's a machine, there's a defective part, it can be replaced. Uh, You find the problem with the part, you order the part, you put the new part in, and it goes right back to functioning the way that it was intended to function. People are much more complicated to that. You know, it would be nice just to order the part, plug it into somebody, and they go, they go right about doing exactly what you wanted them to do. But people are not robots. People are not machines. And one of the challenges in leadership is identifying the root cause of the poor performance. You know, there, this is like a diagnostic approach from a leader. But all too often, leaders are going to swoop in, and they're going to make assumptions, uh, and oftentimes it's because the people that they're leading, they're just not doing it the way the leader did it. This causes frustration. This causes assumptions. And most often what will happen is you'll start leading, coaching, and developing the person that's underperforming the wrong way, and ultimately things get worse before they get better. If you fail at doing this well and and coaching this situation well through looking at the symptoms of the issue then you are probably not going to make the proper corrections as a leader. Poor, poor performance at its root, it really falls into two main categories. The employee won't do the job or the task, or the employee can't do the job or the task. Now, there's a lot of underlying things that may be creating the environment. There might be outside interferences. It may be um, not an everyday thing, but a once-in-a-while thing. Again, it's very diagnostic as a leader. But for for the purpose of the topic today, I want you really thinking in two different scenarios. Is this a can't do or is it a won't do? By determining which category the problem falls into will lead you to the proper strategy for improving what the issue is. But most often, the remedies for can't do fall on the leader. And that's so important to know. You have to establish, is it can't do or is it won't do? If you establish that it's a can't do, you have to take a look in the mirror as a leader. So, you know, it's, it's useless at that point. Whenever you find that it's a can't do, to go straight into disciplining the employee or bringing harsh discussion or stiff accountability. And typically, we find that no matter what the underperformance is, there's leaders that will go directly to that directly to the tough conversation, directly to discipline. And sometimes it's counterproductive. Now, if it is a uh, a can't, a, a won't do, that's a whole different thing. But a can't do, discipline typically doesn't help. The essence is, is that they're not able to do the job because of an issue beyond their control. And most times leaders will not acknowledge this issue because it involves them providing something that is necessary for the person to do the job. And that usually involves more of your time, more of your resources, and sometimes even it, there's, it comes at a cost of budget or money. 
And so sometimes we'll find that leaders will just hope it goes, goes away, or they're going to lead it in the, in the disciplinary type style because they just want it to go away. They would rather the employee just left completely than to have to step back, take the time, and do the development and the coaching that they need to do with a won't-do type scenario, or I'm sorry, a can't-do type scenario. So I'm going to give you some reasons that an employee may fall into can't-do and won't-do categories so that as you're leading your team and you're addressing performance issues, you can start shifting them one way or the other. So let's start with the can't-do. These are the employees that, despite their best efforts, despite their best intentions, they can't do the job. Here's some things to think about. The first thing is you have to think about as a leader is maybe they weren't trained properly. They may have been even hired with the leader knowing that they were not fully competent and they would need training. Sometimes we hire people, you know, I call them the science projects, where we kind of fall in love with their personality, we fall in love with the interview process, you know, they've won so many times before, but they have no functional job experience in what we're hiring them to do. So we hire them knowing, man, this is going to, I'm really going to have to offer training. Almost every candidate we hire, if you think about it, they're asking the question, what's the training like? What's the you know, do you offer mentoring? Do you offer education? Whatever it might be. Every candidate that we hire, we typically tell them that they will be provided some level of hands-on training or training opportunities for them to learn and for them to grow and for them to do their job well. If this is overlooked and the beginner phase is over of hiring that employee, things get messy really fast, really fast. You should absolutely be taking inventory and looking at statistics and data ar around your stick rate of employees that you hire within, within year one. If you have a very high rate of turnover uh, of employees that are less than 12 months, you have a serious training issue on your hands, or you have a very serious hiring issue on your hands. You're hiring the wrong people, or your training is not where it needs to be. This leads to can't-do scenarios and a lot of frustration. The leader's frustrated because of performance issues. The employee's frustrated because they feel like they are ill-equipped to do the job well. And this will lead to a can't-do situation more times than not. The second thing is not having the adequate tools or equipment to do the job well. If an employee doesn't have the proper tools or the equipment to do the job well, this is most likely going to be pushed into a can't-do scenario. If the employee needs something to do the job, to produce a product or a service for your organization, you, the leader, have got to be certain that they have it. Not only do they need the equipment, but it has to be functional. It has to be working properly. This is not an area that you want to cut back on. This is not an area that you want to cut costs on. This is job performance, and, and the output of your employees demand it. This area is most often missed as a result of the leader lacking a process to ensure that it's done consistently. I don't think there's leaders that intentionally set their employees up to fail. However, it happens, and sometimes more often than not. So why is that? If you as the leader have ever had this happen to you, here's some things that you might want to consider. 
The first thing that I would tell you that you probably need to look at is a new hire checklist. What does the orientation process look like for your people when they're hired? What does the process look like of training, of shadowing other employees, of assigning mentors, of webinars, online training, whatever your business is? Is that in place? Because sometimes we can just be glad that we got staffed, the staffing pressure is off, we finally got a body in the chair, and we're running fast into the next thing. We're hoping and praying they're a self-starter, and despite our best intentions to give a great first impression, we're missing things. Structure, process, checklists, this is the way to go about it to hold you accountable. This will help you ensure that the new employee gets the proper equipment and what they need to function early, early in their tenure upon starting the position. However, this alone is not enough. It's a great first step. You should also be adding an audit system to your ongoing routine to ensure the issue is sustained for success. Meaning, okay, they've been here a year now. They've been here two years. That, well, that doesn't mean that you can just ignore the fact that they need proper functional equipment. As you're doing your rounds or your individual check-ins or whatever it might be, you should be looking for this. You know, I remember whenever I was in uh, leadership, I would travel often and I would go out in the field with employees. <clears throat> One of the things that I, I would always look for is certain things that I knew they needed to have to do the job well. One of those things was service contracts. One of those things was presentation binders. One of those things was marketing material. Some of those were uh, PPE, safety equipment. What was in their trunk? Did they have a hard hat? Did they have steel toe boots if we needed them? Did they have a safety vest, safety glasses? Did they have the proper equipment in their vehicle in the event of a car breaking down? Do they have their insurance card? Do they have their registration? Now, that was my world, um, and so those are things that I looked at. I can't just go out and assume this is being done because that's what I told them to do 18 months ago, two years ago. As a leader, we have to constantly be checking the linkage, and sometimes what we're doing is we're saving our people from themselves, from getting in their own way. And we're making sure that they have the tools to win. Because whether they see it or not, if they're not using the tools that you know will help somebody win on your team, this will result in underperformance, but it's going to be a can't do. Because although you may have told them once, use this tool, if it's not consistently being done or they don't have access to it, then you've got to take ownership of that as a leader. This is not an area that you can get right some of the time as a leader. You need to get it right all of the time as a leader or you're pushing people into can't-do scenarios. The number three thing is being understaffed. This is a big one. You know, when you simply do not have enough people for the work that needs to be done, you are setting your team up to fail. It's a hard truth, but it is an absolute fact. And this is even worse when you have peak performers that you know that you can count on because they're willing to put in the time. They're, they're, they have high willingness, and they'll tell you, yes, boss, we'll cover it. I know we're short three people. We'll stay late. We'll work overtime, whatever it might be. So they're, they're saying yes, but, man, the problems start bubbling up. 
This is something that you need to constantly, as a leader, be evaluating. Just because you did it in the past with 10 people, it doesn't mean that you can do it with 10 people now. This can also be caused by spikes in demand. You know, my wife, she owns a donut shop, and this type of thing can happen without any notice at all. She will staff based off of trends of her business and what the quote-unquote normal looks like. However, there are times when they may get a very large call-in order or an abnormally large group of people stop in, like all of the things that's very, very tough to plan for. This can have the potential to create challenges if you're not leading and managing it well and having healthy dialogue with your team. Occasionally, every business gets hit with a spike of unexpected business. But if the employees are working at 100% capacity, they're giving you everything that they have, and they're still unable to handle the workload, the leader may need to evaluate their options and find out what is it that we're going to do. Again, just because you did it with 10 people before doesn't necessarily mean you can do it with the same 10 people now. Personnel change, demand changes, how you go to market changes, all of these other things. The first thing to look at is whether or not you need to increase your staffing. The second thing is to allow staff to work more hours. You know, what is this going to be? If you're somebody that's like 40 hours and that's it, but you still got to get it done, what's going to end up happening is people are going to end up cutting corners. One, because they want to impress you and make sure the deadline is done, even if that means at the sake of cutting corners. Not only is that going to affect your, your business brand, but it's going to affect customer satisfaction. The employee will take those risks because they don't want to let you down. So is it a matter of you approving more hours, or do you need to staff up and add more people to the team? However, it's important to know that if you decide to ignore this in any way, it will result in lost customers, and ultimately, it's going to result in disgruntled employees. They're giving you all they have, and they feel like they're failing. You, the leader in this scenario, are setting them up to fail. The fourth thing is, there could be a lack of communication that's causing the can't do. Have you ever heard the saying that there are too many chiefs and not enough Indians? This basically means that you may have too many people giving orders, and the message to the employees can get confusing. I have seen this countless times in my leadership pursuit. You have one leader saying one thing, another leader saying another thing, then the big boss comes in and they say something. I mean, this, this can get frustrating to employees. Your people cannot take direction from multiple people at the same time. And this can often happen when there are multiple people in different types of roles. And these multiple people in different types of roles, they're tasked with training, they're tasked with developing of people. So you have a bunch of different roles or leaders or influencers all pouring in to the same team of employees. This could include you. It could be a safety manager. It could be HR. Like It could go down the list of the amount of people that are injecting direction into your team. However, an even bigger issue is when no one gives direction to the employee and then the employee gets reprimanded for not doing anything at all. So you can have an extreme case of over-communicating and too many people giving direction, clear down to there's not any communication at all. 
a best practice would be to rally everyone that may have some impact in any way in your employee function and set expectations and get on the same page. So if you have multiple leaders or multiple people that are having touches with your team and, and they're, they need to work with your team, get on the same page. Make sure that you are managing that. Make sure you're getting the HR folks, the safety folks. You're telling the employee, hey, be here at 1 o'clock, and safety saying, hey, we have a training at 1 o'clock. Then comes HR, hey, we have a performance review at 1 o'clock. It can just get very, very messy. Determine the what and the who and make this a part of standard operating procedure. What, who, who's going to be the what? What is the what? And who is the who? This will help you navigate that, make it a little more clear for your team so that they know exactly what the expectations are. This not only affords a great impression to the employee, but will also minimize stress with your leadership team as well. Because what typically happens is uh, you'll have the, the senior leader that's going to trump everybody, and they end up getting their way while everything else falls to the wayside. Meanwhile, the employee becomes the pinball. They're just bouncing all over the place, and you look silly, quite frankly. So now let's take a look at the won't do category. This is where the employee is given all of the tools, all of the things that we just talked about. Uh, you, the leader, is doing great. You're high communication. They have the tools, world-class onboarding process, world-class training. Everything is great. But, man, they just simply won't do the job. They simply won't do the task. These are the ones that drive you crazy, especially if you have a won't do that has high skill and high capacity and tremendous potential. So here's some possibilities as to why an employee won't do the job. Number one, they may be downright lazy. And folks, that's a tough one to fix. The remedy for this is never training because the problem is not that they don't know. The problem is that they won't do it. And even worse, in some cases, they don't even care to do it. They don't even care that they're lazy. When leaders fail to identify this, they waste valuable training dollars trying to retrain these employees who will never do the job or who will do the job as long as somebody's watching them. We have those people as well. When you're there, things are great. But as soon as you walk away, lazy as can be. Don't throw training dollars don't throw another dime into trying to make this employee better. This is a won't do. It is very tough to train laziness. However, the second that this person is not watched, they revert right back. They go right back. You're there. It seems great. You leave. They revert back. Don't spend valuable training dollars and resources into trying to make this employee better. Number two, they don't want to do the job. This could be a whole nother level of leadership opportunity. Sometimes people simply don't like the job. They may feel like they're overqualified for the position that they're in. This can sometimes happen even with a high-tenured employee, one that's been in the role for a long time, especially one that's been in the role a long time, and they've been going after promotions for years. Man, they thought for sure they were getting the promotion. They got passed up again. Somebody beat them out. 
Now they're in a job that they've been in a long time. One, they feel like they're overqualified for the job. They've been winning at the job, but man, they just can't get to the next step. They may get to a place that they just simply don't want to do the job anymore. However, they don't quit. Why? Well, they like it here. Uh, the money's pretty good. Benefits are great. You know, I've been here a long time. I don't really want to restart. But man, the, the productivity and performance start to be affected. To address these situations, it will involve tough discussions. It will involve accountability. And in some cases, it will need to involve discipline. If it's not corrected in a very reasonable time and this goes unaddressed, most likely it's going to lead to termination. Although termination at times is needed, you have to know it's very costly to your business. And we do have some leaders, the aggressives out there, uh, which, by the way, shameless plug for leading with assertiveness. Go back and listen to that episode. If you're a leader that anytime anything goes wrong with an employee, you're going straight to how do we fire them? How do we get them out of here? You need to reel that in a little bit. Terminating employees is costly to your business. Coach your people up when possible, but also be very swift to coach them out when you need to. Sometimes employees just were not meant for the job. If you find this scenario becoming a trend, it is likely that you need to reevaluate your hiring process. This is what I said. You know, if you're, if you're seeing this happen a lot, I said it earlier, especially within the first 12 months, you have an absolute hiring issue. You have an interview issue. You don't have the right profiling for the job. You know, you need a better job profile to get the right candidates in and get them hired. You may need to consider predictive indexing, you know, to find out, am I going about this the right way? Am I looking at this the right way? Selecting the right candidates and providing employees with what they need to do the job, it is imperative to minimizing these issues. Before addressing a performance issue, you, the leader, you have to always ask yourself, is this a can't do or is it a won't do? I always say that if you lead everybody the same way, you're going to be right about 10% of the time. As you're thinking about your team now, and you're thinking about maybe some people that you're not sure if they're a fit for the team, if you're thinking about somebody that is grossly underperforming, have you really sat down and thought, is this a coach up or is this a coach out? Is this a can't do? Or really, is it a won't do? If it's a won't do, here's something you have to know. A lot of the things that cause won't do's are effort. A lot of the things that cause can't do's are skill. Either way, it's a leadership opportunity. Don't, do, don't be too fast like this group of leaders that I opened with telling you the story. They just went straight to they're lazy. They lack attention to detail. Don't allow yourself to fall in that trap. There's nothing more rewarding than taking an underperforming person or an underperforming team. Sometimes you inherit a whole team that's underperforming. The past boss got fired. They're bringing you in to fix everything. I've seen leaders come in and just wipe the whole thing and start over. That is an option. But I can tell you this. If these are can't-do situations and you, the leader, can come in, save the entire team, and win with that same team, it will scream leadership excellence to your entire organization, and that is a tremendous way to build your brand. Not to mention, we never can lose sight of the fact that as leaders, 
the essence of what we do is help people reach their fullest potential. You owe it to the people on your team to do everything that you can to help them improve. Be quick to remove them if it's toxic and it's a culture situation, but always look for the opportunity to make the people on your team better. So ask yourself this question, leader. Is it a can't do or is it a won't do? Thanks so much for listening today. If I can ever help you in any way, please be sure to contact me at jeffhancher at thechampionforum.com. If the content today has added value to your journey, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review from the platform that you're listening on. This really helps us get our content out and help more people. I would also welcome you to follow me on social media. I post there every day. You can find me by typing in the Champion Forum. Please be sure to get the show notes from today's episode as well as every episode. You can find these on our website by going to thechampionforum.com forward slash show notes. You can print these. You can share them to your team. Make sure that you sign up now for an automated email of the show notes that come right into your inbox every single week. Please be sure to get these and share them with your teams. Thank you for joining today. And until next time, you got to remember it. You have been set up to be a champion in this life. The Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead. Inspire. Win. Win.